Blog Talk Radio. Alexa. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Ratchet Radio. I mean, uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> Big Daddy's Hard Talk Radio. I'm gonna be honest with you. I always have a problem trying to get our intro music on. So today I actually used the echo and it actually worked like I told it to. So it is what it is. Welcome everybody, Big Daddy's Hard Talk Volume 53. I am with my beautiful co-host Alicia Brown. Hello, everyone. Happy MLK Day. Yes, happy MLK Day. It is uh, the day of MLK's birthday. It's the day of reflection. What the country recognizes Martin Luther King's birthday. His birthday is actually January 15th, but uh, we mm-hmm. always recognize it on the third uh, Monday of January. And uh, we're going to talk about some MLK stuff. We're going to talk some wrestling because the WWE the WWE announced the first inductee at the, uh, the class of 2017. Yeah. Say what? I'm excited. One of my favorites. I am. I am excited. He deserves it. And because they announced him this quickly, he's going to be like the main person. And he deserves it. We're talking about Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is a great wrestler, a great guy. I hope that right before WrestleMania, or maybe actually in WrestleMania, that they give him one more match, because I still think he got one more in him, or even have one more run. I am a Kurt Angle mark, even back when he first got in. I think he adapted to the wrestling game a lot better and a lot quicker than a lot of people expected him to being an Olympic wrestler. He adapted well. He hurt some people along the line, but he still got himself over. He was, his wrestling was great. His timing was great. And he was entertaining. He was funny as all get out. And he deserves whatever accolades they give him. But we'll get back to that. And um, sitting here watching the Sixers win the road game. Yay! And we have my man Keith from the Daily News. He's going to call in around 6.30 to talk about the Sixers. And anybody that has any questions, call in 718-508-9883. Call in and um, ask him whatever you want to ask him. The Sixers are looking really bright. That star is really yeah. shining, and the NBA should be on notice. They're just a piece or two away from being great. But we're going to back up on that and go to talk about MLK and his dream. And do you feel as though his dream was fulfilled? Everything he wanted, everything he strove for, do you think a lot of those dreams are reached? Did we fall short as a people as far as a lot of things he wanted to do? What do you think, Felicia? Um. I mean, I think we definitely did just for the simple fact that we can all coexist and, you know, be married to, you know, interrelations, you know, um, interraces, I guess. Um, You know, we can all go to the same schools, all shop the same. Um, But I think, unfortunately, people are people. And I think, you know, Martin Luther King wasn't stupid. He knew people would be people. So, 
there's always going to be people that fail and don't uphold the dream. So I think we've come a long way, but unfortunately we still had a long way to come. And I think now with everything that's going on and everything that's going to happen from Friday on, we kind of set ourselves back even further than, you know, how far we were already back. But I don't know. It's just funny. I made a post about it earlier today on Facebook. I said it's it's really ironic that we're celebrating and honoring such a great man, you know, on Monday, and then on Friday we're essentially being forced to honor, you know, someone that's the complete opposite. And it's just really ironic and really only happens in America. Yes. Yes. And um, I'm not a fan of this show, but I watched this episode today, and it was Blackish. And you know what episode I watched? The uh, mm-hmm. the latest one where uh, I forget the guy's name, Anthony Anderson mm-hmm. has this speech in it about all, all the people in the room were so upset that Trump won. And this is the backstory of the story because. He started, like, days before the election, everybody was in there. They was all happy and chipper, and, you know, they just knew this was going to be an easy election, and they was just going to do the work or whatever. And then they watched – they flashed to them at the election, watching the election. Everybody was depressed. You know, they left work early, blah, 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 and then they just really stayed mad, like, the entire time up until, like, a week ago where they actually had to get this project done, but they didn't get a chance to get the project done. Then the time they came in, they started talking politics or whatever. <laughs> so they went around the room and everybody said they're staying or whatever. And the whole time, Anthony Anderson was like, let's just get to work. Let's just do our job. Let's, we got a presentation to do blah, blah, blah. So his boss goes to him and says, why aren't you upset about this? Why aren't you mad? You don't care about what happens in this country? And Anthony Anderson put out, said this speech about how he really cares about this country, how he really cares and loves this country. But this country doesn't love him back and doesn't love his people back. And this country was built on the backs of slaves and immigrants, the same people that the current president going in wants to get rid of. And it just went back and forth from there. And, um, and Anthony Anderson was really passionate. Uh, Anthony Anderson was just really uh, uh, passionate about what he said. And the whole episode was built around, uh, forgive me for that, it was just built around uh, Anthony Anderson's speech. And the things that transpired during that election, even with the son, who was student class president, he had to read uh, a speech from Martin Luther King, I Have a Dream speech. So he was just coming from, I have a dream, blah, 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 blah. But uh, uh, the grandfather, shoot, forget his name. One of my favorites, Lawrence Fishburne, he comes in. He's like, that wasn't all of that speech. That's all the speech they want you to hear. But if you heard what he said before then, he was saying he was a call to action. It wasn't just saying he has a dream, blah, 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 blah. It was a call to action for black people to go out there and fight for what they want. And then he says, I have a dream that blah, 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 blah. But that's all you ever heard. Hmm. And once he said that, it made me want to go up and Google, probably might do it later on tonight, Google that Martin Luther King speech just so I can hear it from start to finish. Because all I remember as a child, I never, I probably might have heard the whole speech once maybe, but all your part, piece that, all your part that you really hear is I have a dream. But no, that speech is a call to action. And then he started talking about the dream after Mahalia Jackson was sitting in the front row, told him, tell him about your dream. Because Mahalia Jackson had heard him give that same sort of speech days before at her church. But you don't hear all that. So it was a really good episode. It really was. So I recommend that. Just check it out. And as far as I'm concerned about the way America's going and about Martin Luther King, we have come a long way. We did have a, our first black president in office. 
we did have that. It's not like it's going to go back to that soon, but it's not like now you can walk down the street, somebody can call you a nigga, ain't nothing you can do about it. It's not like, and, and how can I say this? Eventually, we have to start to represent ourselves better. And that's why I think we fell off. Because you go on World Star Hip Hop, all you see is us fighting us in the street. Us going into stores and beating each other, robbing, stealing, killing. You see a bunch of us doing this. We have to uplift ourselves because nobody's going to do it for us. And that was part of his dream was for us to be equal, be treated as equals. But we keep putting ourselves down. We keep raping our own women. We keep beating up our own people in the street for sneakers, cell phones, whatever guys have you. Then we won't go any further than where we are. We need to support our own businesses, but our own business needs our own businesses need to support us. Do a job that's worthy for me to talk about, and I will continue to patronize your business. If you and my sister brought this up a while ago, she had a small point when she said it, but then I was like, me personally, I'd be a little scared. But she had a point. It takes a village to raise a child. If you see a child doing wrong. I should be able to go up to that child and say, no, you shouldn't be doing this and stop it without the fear of, one, the kid cussing me out, and, two, the parent coming up back and wanting to beat me up because I told little Shabaga Boo not to throw rocks at somebody's house. <laughs> we got to do that. You can't consider, and I hate to put it like this, but, Lord, forgive me, anybody is Caucasian, Forget what I'm about to say. But we can't wait for the white man to give us. We, as a people, have to want better for ourselves. And I'm done. You're exactly right. That's where I think we fell off at. And I commend you. When I say you, I mean Felicia Brown, you. Because... You are in the schools dealing with these kids at a very young age. And when I hear you talk about it, I've never told you this before. So I'm, I'm telling you now on the radio, oh. I admire, I admire what you do. I admire when I hear you talk about the way you direct and the way you guide them kids and the way you make them kids want to do better for themselves and the way you want to educate these kids. I admire you for that. Because a lot of people will go in there and just do whatever and leave it whatever and don't care about these kids. You have a general love for these kids, especially our kids, that you want to see them do better. You want to see them smart, go to school, know their ABCs, know how to count, know how to read, know to put the right shoes on the right feet. It's true. And I admire you for that. Thank you. And I ain't just saying that to you because I'm your friend. I'm saying that to you. If, if I would say that to you even I didn't know you as well as I know you. I admire what you do. Or any teacher, for that matter, that takes the time yeah. to teach these kids the right thing. I'm really, just not going to put it on really. you because a lot of teachers out there that want to do their jobs. But as a people, here we go again, we don't want to pay y'all right. So y'all are ready to go do other things. A teacher should be paid as much money, I ain't going to say as much money, but just right on that doctor. Because y'all got to deal with so much, especially now. You can, there was a scene in Blackish where uh, there's a Hispanic teacher talking to the little white kids, and white kids go, shut up, Mrs. Rodriguez or whatever. We ain't got to listen to you. They're about to deport you anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the trend in America. I'm mad you didn't yeah, say as much as. That, that bothers me, too. <laughs> well, a doctor's actually, I, you know what I'm saying. Well, I mean, teachers and professors, they're teaching people to be doctors. True that, too. True that, too. So, so we'll, that too. we'll just forget you said that. Happy MLK Day, everyone. <laughs> I'm just saying. I appreciate what you do, uh, and you should be making a lot you. more money than what you do do. 
<laughs> Thank you. Because you got to put up with a lot of crap, with a lot of ignorant pants. But I'm going to let that go. <clears throat> so I thank you. Thank you anyway. for acknowledging. Mm-mm. So um, if anybody that went out on MLK Day and actually did anything, because I know there's like, there's uh, like um, services that go on at churches and stuff they have on MLK Day, like little plays and stuff to get the kids to do and stuff like that. So if anybody's listening, anybody actually went out and did anything, call in and let us hear what you did. I appreciate it. I should have went out and did something. I sat here on my fat behind and watched the Sixers win, so it wasn't what it was. Even before then, I sat here and played Xbox. But um, if you did anything, participate in anything, just let us know. I like to hear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, back on the wrestling tip, uh, again, Kurt Angle is going to be in the uh, Hall of Fame. Congratulations to him. The Royal Rumble is next week, so you can expect to hear more names mentioned tonight on Raw. Brock Lesnar will be on Raw um, tonight, and Goldberg might be there, too. So I'd be Mm -hmm. curious to see if Goldberg's there with Brock. And see how they do it. Um, Russell and Jimmy Snooker. Uh, oh yes, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's why we're together. Thank you. R.I.P. <laughs> Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Rest in paradise. If anybody, if you haven't met Jimmy Superfly Snooker, you missed a really guy. He was just a genuinely nice person. And he took as many pictures as you wanted him to take. He was always smiling. He always came up to you, shook your hand, and say, how you doing, brother? What's up, brother? And just a hell of a guy. He really was, really nice guy. And he will be missed. And I kind of seen it coming. And I'm going to say why. And my son called me up right after he found out and said that I jinxed him. But I saw it coming when they let him go on that murder trial because he said he wasn't physically able to um, withstand trial. I said, he's on his way out. Mm-hmm. That means he's on his way out. That's what that meant. And I got, and I was like, oh, I just hope it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. But if they said that, well, it's they, a matter of time. Yeah. But then it was like a week later, they, two weeks later. Yeah. They haven't given him, you know, that much time to live anyway so yeah they gave him six months yeah so um i remember when his kids were little and um we was wrestling for uh dennis caruso over there the nwa and jimmy like i said great guys kids were great <laughs> i noticed the one son who ended up being deuce and uh, what was it Deuce and Domino? Yeah. Deuce in the tag team in the, what was it the early 2000s or whatever? And I remember seeing him finally, you know, make it to WWE. And I was like, he probably would have rather did it the same way his father did, the same sort of gimmick his father did, but they threw a, a Fonzie gimmick on him and everything, gave him a valet with Cherry and everything, blah, blah, blah. was what it was. But he made it. Then when Tamina got in, I was like, that's cool. Cause I remember when she was really young. And then she made it, and um, congratulations to her. And she didn't make it for long. She did, and she was at her father's side when he passed, and that was kind of cool. So you might see her back in the E after a while, and you might not. I think they took her out or put her to the side while the trial was going on. But now since mm-hmm. it's all said and done and he passed on, so you might see her come back, which I would like to see her come back just to, you know, make a little run before she finally retires. But to me, the guy be coming up on 40. So we'll see how it goes. And the UK tournament was um, yes. this past weekend. I didn't watch it yet, but, Valicia, you watched it. I wanted you to talk about it. What did you think? I did watch it. Um, congratulations to Tyler Bate. Um, I do need to, you know, research him a little bit more. But um, in case you haven't watched it, the UK Classic tournament, um, UK championship tournament, excuse me, um, took place over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, 
it, the matches were pretty good. It was about, well, like eight matches per night, um, probably ten on the second day because you had the two final matches. Um, but if anybody's familiar with how they wrestle in the U.K., they're very raw, like brawler type. So a lot of the matches were like that. There were a lot of clean high-flying um, moves and spots that really got me excited. Um, unfortunately, WWE did a poll, and usually WWE polls are kind of skewed, I think, or rigged, but they did a poll and they asked, what was your favorite match? And one of the options was did not watch, and that was actually the number one voted uh, option. Really? Did not watch. It was. Um, I, I really attribute that to number one football over here in the states, and number two, we were watching those matches UK time. So what was eight o'clock over there? I believe was like three o'clock for us, three o'clock p.m. And people are busy during those times during the weekend. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I know for me, um, night one, I don't even think I was home. Night two, I had missed, well, no, night two, I had to catch up on night one. So, I mean, we were busy around 3 o'clock. So I don't think it was the smartest thing for WWE to air them in the middle of the day like that. We're used to nighttime pay-per-views, you know, write your buddies over. But, you know, again, there was a lot of football games on, so I think that had a lot to do with it. But it was good. Still watching, everyone. (laughs) Hopefully Tyler Bate will be on Raw or SmackDown soon. We'll see. My thing with that, and I still have to watch this. I really can't comment on the matches or what, whatever. But I am going to watch it. I'm gonna, I am going to catch up on it because I haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet. <laughs> I will. I will. Because I did watch all of the cruiserweight thing. I watched a lot of that, and I liked it. Um, so I'm going to watch this too. My thing. With it was, I don't think they gave us enough time to wrap our heads around it to hype us up to watch it because it was like yeah, they, they didn't advertised really advertise it. it well. Yeah, exactly. They advertised it maybe a week or two before they actually put it on TV. It should have been two months in advance, the same way they did with the cruiserweights. You should have started talking about it, put the buzz out there. This is what we're going to do. You could have had your little pre-show right. thingy and introduced all the rest. A good job with the cruiserweight one, that's what they should have did with the UK. Because the cruiserweight one right. about part-time started, everybody was so excited, and you knew the main, you know, the, most of the characters was going to be out there. If you see them in ROH, or you see them here, there, whatever, blah, 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 you knew pretty much who they were. And then you had Jerry coming in, coming back. You had Brian Kendrick coming back. You wanted to watch this to see how it was going to play out. It was two weeks ago on, on the network. It was like, well, damn. And then just like you said, 3 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, majority of the people is out. I know I wasn't on 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon. All right. It was what it was. I agree with you on that. It should be, should if you wanted to film, if you had to do it at dinner time, fine. But you could have aired it around 8, 9 o'clock when you know people are starting to get back home. Our time. You, all you do is just film like they do with them Japanese pay-per-views or whatever, because, you know, that's, they, they normally come on, like, really early in the morning. Nobody's going to watch it at 3 o'clock in the morning or whatever. When you get up or whatever, you just go back. That's the, the beauty of the uh, WWE app. You can always go back and still watch it. But if you wanted everybody to watch it live while it was happening, then you should have tried to do it a little differently. But on that note, we have a caller, and we got to make this call brief. Hey guys, happy MLK Day. Happy MLK Day to you too. Mike to you guys. Uh, The reason why I called is because I heard you guys talking about Snooker and I wanted to to quickly comment on it. Um, uh, Hello, Felicia, and hello, of course, Big Daddy. But, uh, you know, I'm very saddened by the death of Jimmy Snooker. Um, You know, I got to work with Jimmy in uh, ECPW over here, East Coast Professional Wrestling. And every time I met him, nicest guy, him and his wife, Carol, great, great, wonderful little guy. And uh, he's, he's, you know, one of my, one of my all-time greats, of course. 
he's definitely going to be missed. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, like I said, he's, you, you can't find one person to say anything bad about this guy. Like, he was a really nice guy. I think the, one of the biggest shows I did, I did a show in Wildwood um, years ago. Like I was still a rookie in, in, in wrestling, and he was there, and he just had this aura about him. Everybody gravitated to him, and it was just, you know, sitting around him, and he was talking, and, and then there was another Polynesian guy who was a janitor there, and this guy was just kind of working, but he was kind of milling around at the same time, and as soon as he had an opportunity, he went up to Jimmy and shook his hand, and it was kind of funny. I was like, this guy was waiting to do this, and then when he finally had his opportunity, he went over there and talked to him, because Jimmy was probably his hero, too. So, yeah, Jimmy would definitely be there. Yeah, I mean, F, you know, it was funny because my best friends, of course, got trained by Jimmy. Uh, the reinforcer, Andrew Anderson, of course, my best friend, Magic, who got trained by Sharp. We went up to him, and they were talking to him. So they were like, yo, you should invite him to, for a steak. So I was like, yo, Jimmy, you want to come out with us for a steak? So he said, brother, I would love to come out for a steak, but my wife won't let me eat it no more. And Kyle was laughing. Well, so after the show, we, we actually, after the show, we went to a diner, and Jimmy was sitting there, and Jimmy, uh, you know, Jimmy was, was funny when we walked in. He goes, didn't I just see you guys at the show? You know, it was, it was, uh, it was classic, uh, it was classic Jimmy. That's great. That's great. Well, Mike, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. We always appreciate you. Oh, and thank I'll you. feel free calling anytime. I'm not going to call every week, but as I was just, I was just sitting here listening. And by the way, I got to say, I love your show and I love your topic for tonight. And uh, I also want to just tell everybody at home that we overcome the X Clan. That's my group. We've overcome, and we're coming back. And we're coming back to every territory that owes us something. So uh, you might want to stay tuned for that. Check us out, X Clan. We're coming back. Magic, Sin, Mad Dog X, Shaw Black, we're coming back. Thank you, guys, and uh, have a good night to both of you. Hey, uh, you too, buddy. Thank you. You got it. <laughs> X-Class. Wow. Um, on that note, let's take this commercial. And um, when we get back, Keith should be calling in and um, calling with your Sixers questions or whatever. We're going to get into some Sixers stuff. I have a, a relationship um, question, and we have a movie review. So hold on to your seats. Let's take this commercial, Big Day's Hard Talk, Volume 53. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. 
Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to TeddyScares.com. And be sure to become our friends at Facebook.com slash Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Welcome back to Big Day's Hard Talk. I was 53. And there's Big Daddy with my lovely co-host, Valicia Brown. Hey, what's up, everyone? And also, we got my man Keith on the line from Philadelphia Inquirer to talk some six and talk. What's up, Keith? What's up? How y'all doing? Hey, hello, We good, Keith. we good. That's Are you good, in Milwaukee right now? Nah, I didn't. I didn't go to Milwaukee this trip. It's like one of the games that I didn't go to. They had uh, Bob Cooney cover it. Okay. So I guess um, what well, my question to you is, is what's the the feeling like in the locker room now? Now since you kind of they're kind of on a nice little, they're playing good. Everybody's starting to get along. They're starting to gel. Like you had Noel say what he said a couple uh, about a month ago. Then he started getting more time, and he's actually playing well. And then they took Okafor out the rotation, but I noticed today they played Okafor, and he did fairly decent. And yeah. my question is, like, when you're in the locker room, like, do you feel the vibe that they're starting to gel, or do you feel like there's still, like, everybody's just waiting for the other acts to drop because you know the trade deadline is a couple weeks away? Not that well, about a month away. Yeah, it's on um, February 23rd. I mean, the deal is, I mean, here it is. They, they, there is a different swagger. I mean, it is a swagger now. You know, before they they would say everything, but they really didn't believe what they said. You know what I mean? They knew they were going to go into games. They knew they were going to get destroyed. This time, uh-huh. now it's like, and if you really want to think back to it, of all those years that we sat through watching the losses, there's only two players left. It's Nerlens. And it's Robert Covington. That's it. Yeah. So the rest yeah. of these guys, they got like a swag with them. Like, yo, forget the past. You know what I mean? Like, we're gonna win. We're gonna win. And they believe it. Mm-hmm. They're seeing results now. <clears throat> now let's not like get it twisted. I mean, they realize that Nerlens is on the trading block. They realize that Ja is on the trading block, and it may be a couple other ones to make a deal work. So they all know that, but at the same time. It's like they realize that they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. You know, with uh-huh. Embiid, with Ben Simmons, you know, with Dario. You know what I mean? They all can see that this is going to be a pretty good team. If you were a free agent and your contract was up at the end of the season, would you consider coming to Philadelphia? I mean, I would consider it, um, but the, the, at the, the fact remains, like, I got to see what Ben Simmons can do, too. too. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I got to see who they trade. You know, that's, that's the one thing. Uh-huh. But, I mean, you know, I can consider it now more so than I would before they start turning stuff around. You know what I mean? Because if you look at Embiid, it's like, wow. You know, he's a special player, and, and, and it's not – but, again, it always comes down to free agency. It comes down to money, and it comes down to championships. So the thing is, the Sixers are, are going to be, you know, good in a couple of seasons, but I don't know if they're going to be good next season. 
So that's what's going to factor in with a free agent. You know what I mean? If the okay. money is similar, you're going to go to you're going to go to Golden State or OKC. <laughs> yes, yes. Felicia, did you have a question? No, I, I had the pleasure of meeting Jaleel Okafor for the first time on Friday, so that was exciting. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted to know what do you think his chances of, you know, staying are, and do you think the Jalil Okafor quote-unquote haters are justified? I mean, I, you know what, I, I don't think Good question. his chances of staying. It, it is a great question. I don't really think that his chances of staying well, are. I mean, <laughs> he has two years left on his contract, so they could mm-hmm. possibly keep him. But at the same time, I just don't think that it's in Jalil Okafor's best interest, the best interest for his career for him to stay here. I think that, you know, Jalil Okafor needs to go somewhere where he's going to be the featured player, where they'll have like a power forward who's kind of like an enforcer type guy to where Ja mm-hmm. can just focus on scoring, so to speak. You know what I mean? I think that the longer that Jalil Okafor stays here, it's going to just make his his uh, his value stock go down. Go down. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. stock go down. Now again, I'm not knocking him, but I just kind of think the things that they really want to do is not showcasing him. Right. Right. he's not sense. the best fit. He's not the best fit for him. Yeah, he's not the best fit. But I do think that you know, in a couple of years or whatever, I think that you know we'll see Jalo Okafor at All Star games. I know some people hate on him, but he does certain things that you can't coach. Personally, I think that Noel is a better fit here as MB's backup than Okafor is. You know what I mean? But I think at the end of the day, we'll see, you know, Embiid and Okafor probably at the All-Star game. You know what I mean? Mm. Just because of their skill set. But I just don't think that I, – I, I just don't think it's the right fit is for him here. But right, here's my thing. Now – the, the stuff he does offensively, yes, he, he he has a talent in a way of playing with his back to the basket. And last season I saw it, you know, until he got injured and missed the end of the season. And this season and you still could kind of see it, he's starting to come around a little bit. But as a player, I think that he should want to be more aggressive and fight for mm-hmm. that position. And that's what he's not doing. I think he's just pretty much saying, all right, it is what it is. Because when he's on the court, he's a defensive liability. And, I, you know, I'm a dollar mm-hmm. Sixers fan. I'm not talking bad against him, but it is what it is at this point. You know that he's not going to get you 10 rebounds a game. He's not even going to get you seven. You'd be lucky yeah. if you get five. Like, crash the boards. Continue to do what you're doing scoring-wise, but when it comes on the defensive side, we need you. Like, with uh, yeah, right. Embiid, Embiid is, is a defender. And I was watching him tonight. How many blocks he end up with? Six? Yeah. That's crazy. He, he damn near had a triple-double. Mm-hmm. And then with Noel, Noel is, a, Noel is the perfect backup for him because Noel started, he developed that little bit of a jumper, which he needed to, which is cool. He's not afraid to go to the rim, and he's not afraid to defend. He's not afraid to dive on the floor. He just needed he just needed motivation, and he wanted to know where did he fit in that. That's why he said what he said, but when he, when he started getting his time, if you notice, he changed his tune. And I can't even fault yeah, him for that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't fault them for saying that. I mean, you know, my thing is, <clears throat> if you if you come in there and they take you to third string center straight from the gate, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you know, you said you were going to try to trade me, but you haven't. Now I'm a third string center. What y'all doing? You know what I mean? So exactly. There's a lot to do with it too. So now, you know, well, but, I mean, uh, one fine. more question. For only, you. Okay. Okay. Now, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish, finish your statement. No, no, I said my only question, my only thing with Okafor is I like him, and I agree with you 100%. Like, <clears throat> you rarely do you see Okafor crashing the boards. You rarely see him driving the lane, dunking on people. You rarely see him, like, defending at the rim. What he does mm-hmm. is he has a solid skill set for for someone who you think is, like, a, a, a wing or something. Well, you know what I mean? So yeah. Whenever if he – so when he makes these moves and everybody's like, wow, wow, but we don't see him being a brute on the block, even though he's mm-hmm. six seven two sixty five. So, you know what I mean? So it's like you, so I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, 
you know, for him to sit in here, he's going to have to be more of a um, a lunch bell type of player instead of being a finesse big man, you know? Yes. So. Yes. So, okay. I, I got right. two more Let's... questions for you, actually. I got two more. One is now since T.J. McConnell is starting to turn that corner, what do you do as far as a point guard? Because everybody tell me Ben Simmons is going to be the starting point guard. But let's be real, six ten, can you really start him at a point guard? I so mean, it's, it's great. TJ in the lineup, or, or you know, what do you do? You know, I just want your opinion. Do you bring in another point guard? Do you keep TJ, or do you let Ben play the point? Well, you got to let Ben play the point when he gets back, because you got to see what you need, what you have. You have to, mm-hmm. and and. And you would love for him to come back this season so you can see what you can have. Because the thing about it is, as much as, you know, people in in, the, in Philadelphia don't really want to admit it, you can't win without a solid point guard. And I'm saying this is like, for instance, if Ben Simmons proves to be that he can't struggle, he, he struggles at a point guard, and he's a point forward, but then you got to throw as much money as you can and get like a Kyle Lowry. Or that type of player, I might call her. you have to. Or Mike you know Donnelly, I mean? so or you, Mike Donnelly makes too much you know, money. Or Mike, it, it, yeah, well, yeah, and then Mike signed all that money, yeah, for with, with, with Memphis, but he ain't going mm-hmm. nowhere. So, so you have to do that. You have to. But as far as T.J. McConnell, you know, he he's a winner, man. You have to keep him, you know. But at the same time, if, if Ben, you got to see what Ben Simmons can do. You have to show yourself mm-hmm. that because if you find out he can't play the point guard. And then this is a a huge a great class free agency class for that, and you I mean like he doesn't play and you don't know what he has you're going to start next year with a with him and if he struggles you're going to be scratching your head saying, "Dang, we gave up on I mean we didn't even try to go after other people, so that's mm-hmm. why I think you need to play him. That's why I think so. Okay, last question. The um. The Colangelos, do you think they're doing a good job? Do you think they changed the team? Or do you think, like, they kind of disrupted what we had? Uh, I mean, what do, what did they have? I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had, I mean, come on, man. You, you, had, you had your best player, you know, going across the bridge. You, you had the fights in Boston. You know what I mean? You had uh-huh. the 26-game losing streak. You had, uh, yes. you know, sports center clowning you, so they didn't really have anything. I think, I think that the thing about the Colangelos is, I mean, he made one trade that, and and it was for Ursan Elvisova. That was a huge trade. It's a guy mm-hmm. who identified for a long time, right? That he liked him, so it helped the team. You know, unfortunately, um, they had a lot of injuries. Like for instance, Jared Bayless is hurt. Um, they, um, Gerald Henderson is hurt, but he's playing with it. And then Ben Simmons is hurt. I have to believe that the way as good as this team is starting to play now, if these players were healthy, then all of a sudden, you know, Colangelo's will get a lot of a lot of props. Now, the one thing that I think that <laughs> a lot of people are giving them flack for is, <laughs> you know, not being able to trade the two bigs. You know, so you know, people give them flack for that. But think of all them daggone trades that the Sixers made. <clears throat> you know, the only – I mean, yeah. and most of these dudes, they traded. We don't, they ain't even with the team anymore. They traded for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were also like second-round picks who they, <clears throat> who they gave to the Knicks. So it's still early to, to judge them. But um, mm. the culture, I will say the culture has changed. You see it. I mean, you at the yeah, game, you see it. it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Because so. we're actually winning, and it yeah. feels good to walk out of there with a win. I'll tell you, it feels real damn good. I love, it. especially. I keep talking about this game, but it is what it is. That New York game oh, man. was so good. The strike, because all those New York Knicks fans, and God bless them, because they support their team, but they talk so much trash over there. They was all up around us, all up there in front of us. They was the side of us. They was behind us. And to watch them all leave with that sour look on their face was better than that. I enjoyed every minute yeah. of them. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. So, but, uh, but, Alicia, if you got another question. Nothing as bad as y'all plans, though. <laughs> on the road. 
that trust the yeah. process crew, they crack me up. But it's, yeah. It's, it's yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Valisha, you got another question before I let Keith go? No, just thank you, Keith. It's always a pleasure to see you at the games, and you're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing, and we appreciate you, too. Thanks for calling in. All right. Big Dad, how much you pay? Yeah, I agree with her. One, of the, one <laughs> of the best things at the game is seeing you come walking in and coming over, and we have our little quick conversation, and I enjoy it no, no because nobody no else doubt. really comes over and talks to us that knows what's going on. So you always keep us uh, uh, abreast of what's going on. We appreciate it. Oh, anytime, anytime. I'll see you all on Wednesday. Yeah. All right, see you Wednesday, bro. All right. All right, bye-bye. Later. Bye-bye. Big Daddy doesn't pay calling. me. <laughs> Big Daddy don't get paid. <laughs> but um, good that he called in, and it, it's just, this is yeah. everybody's opportunity. If they had a question, to ask it. Right. Nobody called to ask him no questions. He's inside. He's he's, he's up and all and through there. So it is what it is. So don't come calling me asking me questions. You had your chance. Okay. <laughs> We're going to do a movie review, and then we're going to, uh, I got a relationship thing, and then we're going to put a bow on this thing. Movie review. The movie Sing. Now, normally, you know, when I was, when my kids were younger, I went and I did all the kiddie movies because they wanted to see it. Well, two of them wanted to see it. My son, Juwan, doesn't watch movies, hates TV. And he's like one of the only kids in America who really doesn't like TV. Only time he watch TV is if it's a basketball game or or football game. But if it ain't that, he ain't watching it. But um, the other two, we would see all the different kiddie movies, you know, animated movies. A lot of those movies were more for adults than they were for kids anyway. So I was always somewhat entertained here. And some of them I thought were bad, some of them I thought were good. Sing was probably one of the best movies that I saw, like animated movies that I've ever seen. It was very good. It was very well put together. All the stories of the different characters were very well put together. The songs that they played still ring in my mind. To to now, I seen that movie like a week ago, and to see that big gorilla singing, I'm still standing. It's still in my head. It's still in my. I find myself humming it to myself. And I had heard that song since the 80s, and I was a fan of that song while I was out. And now, you know, to hear them sing it, I'm like, yo. And it was just really good. It was really entertaining. And I'm curious to how much has this movie been since it's been out. And um, I'd give it a four and a half big booty. Wow. <laughs> That's how good I thought that movie was. It, it made me walk out the theater in a good mood. I was in mm-hmm. a very good mood. Like, it was just really good. And even if you want to go as an adult and feel like kind of ashamed because, you know, it's a kiddie movie, you almost say a kid. It really isn't. It's really a very good musical type of upbeat feeling movie. And that's what we need in America today is more movies like that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the soundtrack was just amazing. There's a lot of, like, you know, older songs from, like, classic legends and icons. So it was really good. I remember telling you that it really reminded me of, like, those 80s movies where, like, the rec center or the pizza shop was uh, in mm-hmm. danger of being torn down or shut down, and, like, the whole city just, like, rallied together to kind of bring it back together, and there's, like, music and dancing in the street. So um, it's a really good feel movie. It's funny. So I give it definitely four Big Daddy booties. Yes. And that gorilla just still stuck in my head. I'm still standing. Oh, I mean, my gosh. <laughs> and even the funny parts of it, like the, the the crocodile doing the Humpty Dance, I just thought it was hilarious. Too. I think they could have <laughs> did that a little longer. I was rolling like, damn, that was it. But it was funny. The um, singing Frank Sinatra and... <laughs> And he nailed it. He nailed it. Like, yeah, that did. was really good. And he was, you know, it was just good. Like, everybody, every song that was sung was done well, and you were just like, wow, I remember this, and wow. You know what I'm saying? It just really took you back. And it was just done very well. 
Mm-hmm. I have no, I, nothing bad I saw about that movie. It was like really good. It was really good. Um, so that's that. But here's my relationship thing. And then we're going to put a, wait a minute, hold on. And then I'm going to put a bow on it. And um, end the show. Relationship. Let's say you're dating this guy. You and this guy have been dating two years, okay? You wanted to take the relationship to the next level. He's not ready for that. He doesn't want to do it. So y'all go your separate ways. So he's dating around for a while. You know, you're doing your thing. He calls you back up out of the blue, says he wants to pursue that relationship with you that you want it. Do you go through with it, or do you give the middle finger and say, screw you, you had a chance, you blow it? (laughs) I've been in that situation two times, and I'm not with that person or those people, so obviously I said, chuck the deuces, screw you. I mean, I completely understand someone not being ready, but at the same time, you shouldn't lead somebody on to a point where they get the idea that you are ready. So, I mean, if you can't see how great somebody is, you know, while you're with them the first time, that's obviously something you needed to work on. So, no. I mean, especially if the other person is happy with where they are, do not you know, get into a relationship again with that person that didn't see your worth in the first place. And you put it exactly the way I would have said it. Because, yeah, I'm sorry, you can't go backwards. And if that person, no. like you just said, if that person didn't see your worth the first time, then screw you, pal. Go on about yeah. your business. You just blew it. You just blew it. Now, I can see it was a mutual type thing. And we both were in two different places at that time, and then you want to make a run at a serious thing. But if I'm telling you I'm into you like that, and I'm telling you I'm ready for this chapter in our lives, and you tell me what the deuces to me, you want to date other people, then fine, go date other people. It is what it is. I'm not your right. doormat. I'm not your doormat. It is what it is. So you go do and you know, yeah. and, and I'm going to go do I me. Yeah, I commend people who know that they're not ready, but do yeah. not get into any type of relationship with someone if you're not, you know? Exactly. Because you, know you know going in if you're into that person right. or not. You know going Absolutely. in. Absolutely. So if, you, if you're not feeling that person from the start, tell them, like, look, to me this is just, you know, I'm just hanging out. I just want to have fun. Blah, 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 blah. Right. I'm not looking for the relationship. And then you're giving that person the option to say, okay, I'm not putting myself through this emotionally. I'll go this away. We can still be friends, but you ain't getting no cookie. Or you ain't getting no, <laughs> no, 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 no sausage. <laughs> because I can't right. handle that. I, and I like, think you, you know. Like, nah, that's cool. Especially a woman. A woman knows. If she's going to screw him or not within the first date, she knows it. So don't lead him on. Okay. And same thing with a brother. Same thing with brothers. I'm putting it on the brothers, too. If that's all you want to do is screw her, tell her from the door, all I want to do is screw you. Give right. her the option to say, all right, then hit the bricks, because that's not what I'm about. Or if she still say, all right, well, here. And she give it to you, cool. But don't take advantage of her. Don't mess with her heart. You right. know she want more than, than what you're willing to give her. So if it's right then and there, if you just want to give a pipe, you give a pipe, and you go on about your business. But don't keep calling her up like, you know, I, you know, I'm just that for her, blah, 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 just so you can get some more draw. Don't lead her on. Don't play with her heart, because a woman's court is a mother trucker. Yeah. <laughs> So, on that note, like you, got, you got something else? No, no. 
though. On that note, because I just I don't want to. I hate seeing people get taken advantage of. <clears throat> and maybe that's me. But don't take advantage of nobody, especially if they give you their heart. That's right. not cool. So, all right, Mrs. Brown, do you have anything before yes, we put a sure. bow on this puppy? No. Have a good week, everyone. Be ready to call in next Monday. Cool. I'm going to end it on something, and then um, we're going to get out of here. Friday, we are, it's inauguration. Okay, let's be real. It's Friday. I personally am not watching TV that day. I mean it. I didn't agree with him getting elected. I don't like him being in office. I don't believe in his views and his values and what he's trying to do to this country. I don't agree with anything he's done or will do. So I'm not going to watch it. And I would implore anybody else, if you feel the way I do, don't watch it. Watch something else. Put in a movie. Read a book. Run your errands. Do whatever you have to do. But do not turn on your TV and watch that. We want these networks to see. And once you see their ratings low and the ratings weren't good on it, I want to send a message to him saying people ain't feeling your BS. And the only way you got in was on that electoral, the, the electoral college, which you probably paid some of these cats off. You promised to get them a certain amount of money so they can open their little crooked business. And another thing I'm going to speak about, and Lord forgive me, Uncle Tom ass niggas mm. running up to Trump Tower to have conversations with him when you know he don't give a hot damn about anything you believe in. He doesn't care about you. To, to him, you ain't nothing but a nigga. But you's a famous nigga. So he's using you to get to us. So he's going to go and talk to these famous niggas so you famous niggas can come back and say, oh, Mr. Trump, he good ball man. He going to treat real good balls. <laughs> and y'all will like him. You know he's a racist. You know what he's about. And you running your ass up the Trump Tower because he asked you to? And I'm talking about Steve Harvey. Yeah, and most recently, um, one of the King children, Dr. King's, one of his children went up there. You today. gotta be freaking kidding me. You, today? Yeah. yeah. He went up there today. Yeah. On his daddy's birthday. He went up there. Well, I don't know what they're talking hear that. about. I will share I it to your that. page. Please do. I'll do that right now. Y'all know what he's about. He don't respect y'all. To him, this country is a business. He made a business decision. He's going to run this company like a business. And what's the first thing a uh, 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 CEO do when he comes into a business? He starts cutting people. He Mm -hmm. starts trimming the fat. And what's the fat? The lower, the poor, and the middle class. And all you middle class white folks that voted for him, y'all going to feel it the exact same way we do. So when he when he starts to do it, I, you better not let me hear it. I don't give a damn where I'm at. I'm going to tell you how I feel. You voted for the Mama Jamma. About to say something else. You voted for <laughs> Running y'all asses up there. There's a report that he might not even live in the White House. Oh, no, he won't. He won't. So he made a Trump Tower the White House. Yeah, and that's, you know, inadvertently charging us money to pay for exactly. secret service in two areas, yeah. All right. All right. I'm off it. It's just disgust- it's disgusting to me. It's disgusting. I saw that. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's one thing for Kanye to run up there. 
And somebody else went up after Kanye. I can't think of it. Somebody else black ran up there. But when I seen Steve Harvey, I'm like, Steve, you talked all that crap. He you did. wasn't going. You ain't recognize him. You was against him. You just said the first. The first time Uncle Charlie called you to come up there, you ran your black ass up there. Your southern geeky ass. <laughs> and he was born back when things wasn't cool. He should know better. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Just thinking my mind. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Felicia. I'm sorry. No. If I offended anybody, I'm sorry. But that's just my opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion. At least I do have that. I'm entitled to that. My opinion. I'm entitled to that. I can speak my mind. Freedom of press. On that note, there's three different types of people in the world. Those who don't know what happened, those who wonder what happened, and pissed off people like me and Felicia Brown that make things happen. God bless you all. Thank you, Dr. King. Good night to you all. Good night, everyone. Godspeed. <laughs>